the number one most important issue, apparently, according to John Gottman and some research that he did among couples, was trust and betrayal. Uh, so he wrote an article actually for UC Berkeley. They have an online magazine called Greater Good. He wrote an article and he said, I started to see their conflicts like a fan opening up and every region of the fan was a different area of trust. Can I trust you to be there and listen to me when I'm upset? Can I trust you to choose me over your mother, over your friends? Can I trust you to work for our family, to not take drugs? Can I trust you to not cheat on me and be sexually faithful? Can I trust you to respect me? to help with things in the house, to really be involved with our children. Trust is one of the most commonly used words in the English language. It's number 949. Very common. The article goes on. The point is, we're talking all about trust and betrayal and trustworthiness. And from a Christian perspective, and I think in terms of marriage, it's really important that we view trust correctly. I think so often we can we can uh, mistrust our spouses uh, almost too far, right? Does that mm, make sense? Yeah. So we're going to talk today, this is actually, we're going to open up the conversation uh, to the next few weeks. We're going to be talking through this theme of trust over, over the next four weeks. And namely, what does it look like in the life of a Christian married couple to trust one another? Is trusting your spouse even a biblical thing? Whoa. Whoa. So we're, Whoa. Gonna, we're asking that question. We're hopefully going to answer it faithfully, and we're thankful that you're joining us, and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. So we just finished a whole series on boundaries. Boundaries. Boundaries, boundaries. We had a longer episode that we just finished uh, with some Q&A, and there were some good questions on there. So if you haven't heard that series yet, go back and check it out. Start at the beginning. Uh, some really interesting conversations there uh, yeah. about in-laws, about intimacy, about tech use, about friends of the opposite sex. Lots of good conversation there. Uh, but most importantly, we talk about it from a biblical perspective, gospel-centered, sh- showing us back to Christ in these uh, problematic areas and how we yeah. s- how we even s- go through the action of setting a boundary yeah. uh, is important. So similar to what we did in that last series, we talked about boundaries. We're going to open it up to questions at the end of this series as well. So we're going to be gathering, compiling, kind of cataloging all the questions that come through regarding trust, namely trust, trustworthiness, betrayal, and not just betrayal in terms of having an affair, emotional, physical affair, but in any sort of breach falling, of trust. Or falling short of Right. Like if you're yeah. all those questions that you were kind of going through at the beginning, like, can I trust you to right. do this? And then you don't. So not maybe not necessarily betrayal, but like you just didn't fulfill that action that you said you were going to do. Well, is that betrayal or is that in a sense it is? Yeah. Can I trust you to be who can I, I believe you to you? be? Right. Who you right. led me to believe you right. to be. Can I trust that? So anyway, if you have any questions around this. Uh, text in to this number, 971-333-1120, uh, with your clear, concise questions. And what we'll do is we're going to be compiling those. Feel free to include a, a name or not. We, we will say names that are included uh, when we reference those questions so you know your question came up. Um, but we hope to address those questions at the end of the series. Uh, and that'll be a lot of fun 
or it'll be challenging. We'll see. <laughs> trust is a touchy topic. It's it's really important though, and I think as we'll discover today by looking at it cruciformly, the cruciform trust, uh, I think we can better root ourselves in the true underlying um, kind of eternal nature of who God is and how he's wired us, how he's instructed us, and how he's built the covenant of marriage mm. to allow for human flourishing and how misplaced trust can be damaging. And we need to place our trust correctly, but also place it intentionally and trust it. <laughs> so we're going to talk through that. Uh, before we do that, if you haven't yet, please do leave a rating and review in your podcast app, whichever one you use. Those are so helpful, so meaningful. They help us, they help future listeners. So thank you. If you haven't done it, please take 15 seconds out of your day. It would be greatly appreciated. Also, if you feel led, um, Selena and I have been at this podcasting thing for, I think we're going on, this is the fourth year, mm-hmm. maybe the fourth year, I don't remember. We, we started this podcast on a whim as we got ready to launch our book, Fierce Marriage, back in 2018, I believe. I don't remember when that book launched. Um, point is, we started it thinking, let's just do it as a kind of a marketing thing, and we'll just kind of ramp up to the book release, and then once it's released, we'll just let it peter out, and that'll be that. Well, what happened was we found out this is a medium that people were really kind of latching onto at that yeah. point, and we love doing it because mm-hmm. it's basically to hang out, have conversations together, uh, and just it's it's a lot kind of more... We can get it done quickly, and it's helpful. Um, anyway, it's grown into this ministry that is Fierce Marriage, and we're, we're primarily supported, uh, well, two ways, by selling books that we write, <laughs> but also by our patrons on patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage. You'll notice there's not a lot of ads on here, spoken or otherwise, uh, and that's because we want to keep it clutter-free. Well, so if you want except wanna... for my, my sauce. Selena's special sauce, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That's our third Should income we... stream. <laughs> That's our ad. That's all, we only have ads. That's but it's also our product. So, <laughs> Selena Special and Sauce, uh, salty and sweet. Oh, what a treat! If you want to try it, stop by your neighborhood Kroger. <laughs> just ask him for it. Don't, don't worry about it. Just whoever you see there, customer, Guys, worker, does not ask them. Hey, hey, do you have Selena Special Sauce? <laughs> and they'll either look at you like yes, or who the <laughs> who are you? Who the heck do you think you are? Uh, anyway, so if you want to be a part of the Patreon community, uh, just go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. There's links in the show notes. Otherwise, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash fierce marriage. Finally, we go deep on these topics um, in the podcast so that we can kind of learn. And then we apply it many times to um, what we call mini courses in our online learning platform. It's a growing library of uh, mini courses, including our core marriage curriculum, which is six weeks long. That's at gospelcenteredmarriage.com. You can go there and sign up for the price of one fancy Frangioni a month. <laughs> he's the marketing guy. I tried to do that, and I butchered it so badly on the last one. He's he's just sitting over there cringing, like shaking his head, looking down at the desk. Like what? Is Although she, our what listeners are probably saying? like, oh, this is so refreshing. I'm not getting <laughs> no, Ryan's used no. car salesman no. pitch here. Yeah, but I'm sending them to places that probably don't mm. exist, and I'm giving them a terrible understanding of what's actually available. So not helpful. Well, you know what, folks? If you want to... Go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com. You You can learn everything there is to learn about this amazing, earth-shattering, groundbreaking technology that we've developed. Quickly hit the 15-second. Christian gospel-centered marriage. 30-second. Never connect. Quiet. Like you'll connect there. Okay. You know how much (laughs) listeners love to hear us talk over each other. They love it. So... Full disclosure, we just had a fancy Mexican lunch, (laughs) and I'm feeling sleepy. (laughs) Why do you do this? Why do you have to share everything? It's like the classic overshare sometimes. It's my disclaimer. That way people are like, yeah, Ryan was kind of off and they'll know it was the burrito. Are it you was, afraid to be... It was the burrito. 
are you afraid to be uh, caught being off? You know what, Selena? Just blame it on the burrito. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Some refried beans. Okay. Today, uh, if you're still with us, thank you. <laughs> Um, today we are beginning our series around trust, uh, this idea of trust, what it means, uh, defining it from a biblical perspective, uh, what do we do with broken trust, the next couple of weeks we'll talk about that, um, how to repair it, how to maintain it, um, do some Q&A around that, which we have given you guys information about to ask those questions. Um, so let's kind of dive into this conversation around trust. I think I mean, Ryan, you and I were just kind of talking about it and I was like, well, what, what about trust can we talk about for four weeks or whatever? Cause it feels like it's kind of ambiguous. If it's just, I mean, as human beings, we all expect to be able to trust one another right. to some degree, right? I trust that if, you know, that gravity exists, <laughs> if I throw something up, it's going to fall down. I trust that, you know, if I had Mexican food today that they did not spit in the food that I ate. You know, there's right. there's some different types of trust. But more than that, yeah. um, I think within our marriage, which you and I came to kind of discover is that the problems uh, sort of exist around the, the areas where trust is broken hmm. um, and, and misplaced. Yeah. So if I start putting my trust in you in ways that I was never called to, put my trust in right to you then that that's good there's gonna be some breakdown so what do we mean by that well you let's let's define trust and then we'll talk about this cruciform trust that you came up with yeah and that that's something that we why in our own kind of kicking this idea around is we're thinking through this idea of of trust and where biblically should we land on this and and we all know the kind of the famous verse, right? Um, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make your path straight. Uh, and that that is a very Christian idea, of course, because we, we stake our entire eternity and our life in this life on right. on the trustworthiness of God. So it begs the, the question of, uh, you know, what is trust in terms of trustworthiness? We can put our full trust in God because he is fully trustworthy. And that, that is the, that is like the cornerstone of this whole conversation. Right. So and that's, and that's where the cruciform piece comes in. You think cruciform means cross shaped. And so when you think cross shaped, the up and down, that's, that's the, the unshakable, the vertical trust in God that is unshakable. Yet he's, he's called us in a way, either implicitly, in some cases explicitly, I'm, I'm sure to trust others. I mean, in in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, love hopes all things. That's another way of saying uh, love trusts in in the best in others. Yeah. Um, There's a few other places that we're going to get into as this series unfolds over the next three weeks. Um, But we we have to be really careful not to put the vertical trust that only belongs in God in each other. And so the horizontal trust belongs in our interpersonal relationships, our spouse, our siblings, our parents. Right. There's a very tangible trust that happens there. I trust that you will listen to me when I ask you to. I trust that you're not going to go spend money without telling me about it. And then right. I'm going to find out a year from now. Or, that we're yeah. Or we're asking those questions. Like we opened up with, like, can I trust you to, uh, not cheat on me? Can I trust you to respect me if I share something and I'm vulnerable with you? Right. These are all questions of trust within marriage. And, uh, I think it's just, it's more unique. The trust that, uh, is built between, a 
wife and a husband versus a friend and a friend, right? Hmm. There's there's just different levels. And even there's trust with acquaintances or people we don't know, strangers, right? Bus drivers mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. It's there's this there's different levels of trust that require different behaviors. However, our vertical trust in God uh is is the only one where we can stake our identity in it's our trust in him for our eternity, our trust in him for our sanctification, for our value, for our joy, for our peace, for our, you know, ability to be steadfast, uh, for discernment, for all of those big things. So where does the conflict lie when we are not, when, when I'm looking to you, Ryan, like if I'm looking to you, I'm trying to trust you in the things that I should be trusting God. And what would be an example of that? Well, I mean, anytime you think in terms of your identity or your security uh, in this life and the next, if you're if you're putting your ultimate and there's 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 degrees here, right? So right. as as your husband, you do trust me for your for your security. You trust that I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. You're gonna protect I'm going to protect. I'm going to provide. Yeah. Um, I'm going to look out for you. I'm going to think of you before I think of just myself. And we've built trust together in. Our integrity, right. right? Your integrity and... And that is a function of trustworthiness that is fallible, but it's solid because we've built it. Right. And then, but where that goes awry is if when I do fail, mm-hmm. now, God willing, I won't fail in in like kind of catastrophic ways. I fail in small ways mm-hmm. regularly. Um, just last night, I was supposed to order... Um, DoorDash because we had a really busy day and I had a late. Guys, we um, don't eat out all the time. It sounds terrible. It's like, oh, we just had lunch today and then oh, we had DoorDash last yeah, night. Well, just living it's on high on the hog. Been, here. No, it's been just craziness the last few weeks. Mexican's great because you stretch it over like three or four meals. It's true, we're gonna um, have it. They for give you so much night. food. Um, but the point is, I was supposed to order last night and I totally failed. You had trusted me to do that, and then it was like six o'clock, and <laughs> kids are like, "We're hungry." <laughs> and Clementine comes in having a, a Zoom meeting. He, she comes in, interrupts it. When's food going to be here? And my stomach dropped. Oh, no. And I had to get on there. I'm like, guys, I screwed up. I was supposed to order food. I failed. I got to do it right now. So, uh, so I mean, that's kind of a fun, trivial trust breach. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're not going to starve because of that. Like, the food came a little later. Right. The point is, is if, if at any point you put your your sense of trust that only belongs in God, you put, place it in me or any other human being, you're just set, you're setting yourself up for a hope lost. Right. Or trust being broken. Well, and I think the consistency of of like lower levels of trust being broken, like say I consistently ask you to do something and you don't, or I consistently am depending on you to, you know, pick up the kids from school and you forget, <laughs> or like, you know, I think the breakdown in trust, uh, it just looks different, but either way, it's a brokenness of trust. Like if it's at a big level, like a big catastrophic, like, you know, a fair level, or if it's just that day to day, you know, it's not quite as as escalated. I think it just chips away at the unity of our marriage. It chips away at the, the security of our covenant. And, you know, our trust is kind of, it gets shaken. And I honestly think that it can be a, a place where the enemy can get a foothold because when, when there's trust, when I'm questioning you and I, like when I'm questioning, there's that, the trust, like I, and you and I kind of like disagreed on this a little bit, I think, but I like, if things are not going well between you and I, 
Um, I tend to go back to God's word and try to find encouragement and trust in there. But if I'm not rooted in Christ, say, for example, I am, I'm a believer, but I'm not like I'm putting my trust in you in the wrong reasons at the wrong weight of things that I should be. Then I start questioning God. Right. And then I start questioning, well, again, if I'm not rooted in the Bible and rooted in the things of God, I start questioning my covenant. I start questioning, you know did I marry the right guy? Or I start listening to conversations that would break had, down yeah. that trust. We had that conversation. And then as we had that conversation unfolded, you realize that that's probably maybe true on the surface level. Mm-hmm. If you have a very shallow or miss again, you're, you're attributing things to God that he never promised. Right. And are you, are you then not trusting God? I would argue that no, you're just, you've placed your trust in a false version of him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you want to use a strong word, the word is idolatry. Right. If you think about any sort of idolatry right. that happens in the Old Testament, they're trusting, um, they're trusting in a God that can't do what the God of Israel can do. Right. And you just see, was it Elisha who put or Elijah, one of the two, who uh, basically proved God's power in front of the prophets of Baal, right. and that just the sarcasm that he's dripping with sarcasm in that moment. I think it was like First Kings fifteen, something like that, maybe First Kings seventeen, in that vicinity, um, mm-hmm. that exchange happened. Um, I think of, uh, um, uh, it, it was, I think Psalm one, I'm going to get it wrong in the, in the hundreds of the Psalms, I'm going to say Psalm 115. I'm just going to throw it out there. Maybe the wrong <laughs> one uh, it says, uh, you know, people become like the idols they worship, right? Oh, yeah. Lifeless, yeah. deaf, you know, speechless, blind, um, blind and dead. Yeah. Right. And so when you put our, when, when you lay that before me and say, if I start to question God, because my husband failed me well then i'm t- i'm here to tell you that you trusted in the wrong god right because right. god never promised your husband wouldn't fail you mm-hmm. he never promised it he never promised that your marriage would be perfect because you because you conformed it to right. his idea or that of covenant. you would fulfill as a wife everything that your husband desires right you're gonna right right so let's let's t- let's spend some time i know we've we've defined it generally but i want to just really pin down a really clear definition of trust okay uh in terms of English, but also in its usage in scripture. Um, and this will give us an idea of what it is. I think we intuitively know what it is, but it's helpful to put words to it. So here's the definition from the dictionary. It's assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something, or one in which confidence is placed. Um, the second ver- definition is dependence on something future or contingent. Uh, a synonym would be hope. Okay. Hmm. So, there's this, it, it's this connection between what is and what should be, hmm. right? It's that bridge that trust is the bridge that connects what is and what should be, right? I'm tr- and that's so, such an apt analogy because right. you think about anytime you step on a bridge, what are you doing? You're trusting that bridge <laughs> to, to get you there, oh boy, to not fall through right. and to carry the analogy even further. If like putting my, my placing my trust in my wife is like stepping out onto a bridge that's rotten, not because my wife's rotten, <laughs> but because you. she's not meant to to be to bear that weight. To bear that weight. Yeah. Right? And but God can bear it. Um now looking in the Bible, um there are lots of Hebrew words for trust, but I I'm not going to go through the actual Hebrew words, but I do want to look at uh the nuances between them. And you could do a, a in-depth word study, but here's the first word, it's the most common occurrence in the Hebrew um uh, the Old Testament is uh trust. Um I'm just not what's what's the word itself? Let me see here. Um it is uh B-T-H, I don't know how to say it, bith. I'm going to say bith, okay? Uh, trust, to be confident, unsuspecting, um, uh, to cause, to rely, inspire confidence. Hmm. 
All right, that's B-T-H. Um, and there's verses that, that appears in Deuteronomy 28. Um, Judges, a lot through Kings mm-hmm. and Chronicles. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, the, it's, and the it's, theme of that trust for in the Old Testament. Yeah, um, and I'd be curious to see these in, in the various contexts. We don't have time for it here today, but in Second Kings 18, uh, he trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that there was none like him among all the kings of Judah after him, nor among those who were before him. So that's, it's placing... It's almost like this correlation between trusting God and, and righteousness or might in the, oh, old, for sure. in the Old Testament. For sure. They start out each yeah. each king like he trusted he trusted God and was obedient to him or he did what was evil inside of the Lord. Right. Like it was either way, it was God. You either trusted and obeyed or you did what was evil. And mm. that was how they were written down in the Chronicles, basically, in Kings. So, man, that's profound for looking at the implications. <laughs> right of understanding who God is and his, his place in humanity, his place in creation as creator, mm. not just part of creation, but the one who initiated it, the one who sustains it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, there's a sobering calibration that happens there. When you say to God, your God, I am not mm-hmm. that if you say that and believe it, you will want to trust and obey him. Yes. You're not going to go your own way. Yeah. Because you're going to want his way. And so that that in the Old Testament is attributed to them as righteousness. And we right. see that in Abraham. He, he trusted God. He had faith in God. It was attributed to him as righteousness. Now, there's lots of other examples. Slow but, down just yeah. real quick because you just said trust and obedience and then trust and faith. So we're bringing to the conversation these words of obedience and faith. And I would also throw out their love, um, mm. which we can maybe kind of segue into after we talk about faith and obedience. Because... Yeah. Trust and faith are not the same, right? right? Trust requires faith. Faith is a gift of God. Trust and obedience, we have to trust God in our obedience, hmm. right? But we can also, oh, and but we have to also obey him and trust him. To, and maybe I'm not saying that as clearly as it's in my head. Yeah, I mean, there's some semantics to, to pick through here, and I haven't done the full kind of what's the difference between faith and trust. I think faith um, has a like, salvific component to it. It's saving. Yeah. Uh, and so in that sense, that, and of course you could fall on either side of, you know, the kind of the Arminian debate of this or the reformed uh, Calvinian debate of this, which is basically God, do, do we enact faith? Do we somehow have faith or is God gift it to us? Right. We tend to fall on the side of faith is a, is a gift of mm-hmm. God given to us and therefore my salvation uh, is contingent on his granting it mm-hmm. and, and giving me the faith to believe. And so uh, trust is is a little bit different in that I can trust God. Like, mm-hmm. like for instance, uh, what Jesus says, even the demons believe in me and shudder, right? right. Or is that, I forget who, who said that. Point is, is that even demons trust the character of God. They trust that God's holy. Right. They trust that he his wrath is real. They trust that his holiness is real, that his justice is real mm. and will enact you know, it will enact the, the the decree of God, right? And so there is a very, to me, trust is a little bit. It's it's aside from this savingness, yeah. the salvific component of faith. Yeah. Um, but that that's not that's just me shooting from the hip. I'm not done the full word study on that. But um, that's, I find that interest interesting. Okay, so do you want me to go through the rest, like the Greek? Because there's only one real Greek word. Oh yeah. That's I mean, trust is everywhere in the Old Testament. Right. Well, yeah. Um, but you'll see it mostly with regard to trusting in truth, trusting in God, trusting in a lie. Jeremiah seventeen seven: Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. 
So you see how it's two things. Who trusts, that's a verb. Who's trust, mm-hmm. the noun. So I have trust to give. Mm-hmm. But I also trust as an action. Okay. So yeah. I make a decision to to place value in some something over, over my own. Right. Uh, behold, you trust in deceptive words to no avail. That's Jeremiah 7, 8. Um, I, I, I'm just I'm just going through and picking a few out of here. There's so many of these. Uh, Isaiah 36, 15, do not let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord by saying the Lord will surely deliver us. The city will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Um, um, let's see, go to Hosea. You have plowed iniquity. You have reaped injustice. You have eaten of the fruit of lies because you have trusted in your own way and in the multitude of your warriors. Hmm. So you see the 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 connection between uh, the the blessing and the curse of God based on the trust where the trust is placed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the oh, Old yeah. Testament that's, view of it. Yes. Okay. So that's Old Testament, and there's there's a few other definitions here, but they're all pretty much the same. That to be confident in, unsuspecting of, to cause to rely, to inspire confidence, to prove to be firm, reliable, faithful, permanent belief, think confidence. That's the Old Testament view of trust. In the New Testament, you have one, uh, as far as I can see here, um, and that's to persuade, to convince. Matthew 27, 43, he trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the son of God. That's Jesus speaking, I believe. Um, Luke 11, but when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Um, Philippians two twenty four, and I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. Again, placing trust in God. Hebrews two thirteen, and again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, in the children of God, and and the children God has given me. Um, I do want to, I guess, recant some words real quick between faith and trust because although they are different, they're not that different. I think I I was saying it in a way that they're very different, but they're not. The differences are very fine. Um, So like it says that faith and trust have similar meanings. They can be used interchangeably. Even Webster defines belief and trust uh, in the, they define faith as belief and trust in the loyalty to God. Um, so faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's Hebrews 11, but faith involves trusting in something that you cannot explicitly prove. So faith is inseparable from trust. It's the confidence that God can do, can and will do what he says in his word. So I think you were right. I just wanted to kind of clarify that, that they're not that different. Uh, they're, they're actually need each other in some ways. So, okay. So, I mean, you might be wondering, where does that, what does this have to do with marriage? And uh, again, we'll go back to this cruciform idea of trust, okay? And this will be kind of the thing that we continue to hang our hat on, we come back to throughout this series, is that we have trust to place, okay? As a, as a husband, as a wife, I have trust to place. The question is, where am I going to place it? Is my wife or my spouse trustworthy, right? And w- what's the intersection there? So, we're, we're, we're proposing the cruciform piece, which is my ultimate trust, my identity, my security, my salvation. My salvation is ultimately placed in God alone because mm-hmm. only he is perfectly trustworthy. Mm-hmm. But then we have this, this need to develop a trust, a trusting relationship horizontally yeah. with, with each other in marriage. And that requires me both being trustworthy, but also giving my trust because we, we might not have trust. It might not be because one of us is trustworthy. It might also be because one of us is overly suspicious and not willing to give trust right. because of some sin that's happened or some right. harm that's happened in the past. Well, and I think we need to, when you, I think you opened it up talking about um, 
trust and love like we're trusting and loving each other right when you you open sorry I'm sorry you open with the question of are we even called to trust one another in our marriage like what does that look like uh biblically speaking and when we look at the bible God says you know without a shadow of doubt like trust in me trust God and then love one another he doesn't say trust one another he says love one another so we see this kind of idea though that love uh precedes trust not in well, I guess it could be between like you and God, right? When when you understand the love of God, your trust in him and who he is hmm. uh, can begin to build and snowball and your faith is growing. My trust, my love for you as my spouse is trust is going to come really quickly in behind that, right? When you love Maybe. your spouse... I would say, I'm saying at the beginning of your marriage, I guess, when we, we first get married. If I've not damaged it or shown you otherwise. Right. That I'm I guess I'm maybe unworthy just of your trust to us personally then, because I felt like when we got married, yeah. I trusted you impeccably. And then our first couple like brushes with, you know, this breaching of trust right. uh, was a way of us kind of, I felt like some... It felt like a stripping away of like some innocence or purity or confidence, you know, like you said in these Hmm. definitions. Yeah. And it's like, how do we rebuild that or restore that? Like, what does God say? I I can't trust you for my ultimate happiness, Ryan. So how am I supposed to trust you? What does that look like? I'm supposed to trust you as my husband to love me, right? To Mm -hmm. like in Ephesians, um, I'm trusting you to live out that role, to be obedient to God. Um, and you're trusting me to walk in that role faithfully, right? And so it starts to seem very pre- precarious. It can, yeah, because you feel like it's just a matter of time until there's a reason to not trust again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the ultimate trust is really heavily and healthily placed on on God. Yeah, for your for the ultimate sense of satisfaction and thirst and hunger that we so desperately want, that timelessness that we want out of this life, we'll never have it. That perfection we want out of this life. We'll never have it. Well, because- we we have to look to to Christ first because he was the he is the spouse right to the church, the bridegroom who has proven himself trustworthy. He is the the sent forth fulfilled promise of God, who when the rubber met the road, he was the one on the cross. Right. He proved trustworthy, and and not only that. Now this is a little, little bit of a sidebar, but it's it's worth going there because we we don't we don't have a flimsy faith. That's what I love mm-hmm. is that it's not based on flimsy. Barely historically, identi- you know, um, verifiable evidence. Like the, the evidence for the crucifixion and the resurrection is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like by all, by all, uh, like scholarly historical accounts, it's overwhelming. And to me, that's like that's such a testimony of God's trustworthiness mm-hmm. that He didn't give us this flimsy, you know, foundation of our right. faith. We have. The manuscripts, we have the testimonies, we have not just one or two testimonies, uh, like so many other modern modern faiths that really do hinge on, like, uh, I mean, we don't get, need to get into apologetics too far, but like getting into uh, 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 Islam, right? It's all hinging on the, the testimony of Muhammad by himself, mm-hmm. right? You look at uh, Mormonism, the Latter-day Saints, that it's all hinging on the testimony of Joseph Smith, right. like by himself. And, and we don't have that. But the New Testament Christianity is hinging on so many different... And so we have a God who's proven himself trustworthy. The question is, will we trust him when others in our lives prove untrustworthy? Are we going to project 
this if I idolize Selena, say she is the perfect human being, if she if and when she fails me, I'll look at her and like kind of like you said, say well if she fails me, like what does that mean? God also fails me because I thought he was pretty great too. Right. And if my faith is weak, I might be inclined to believe that. Right. Well, and I think one part that we will I think touch on later and probably more in depth um, is when trust is broken. How uh, horizontally, how our vertical trust can carry us through that brokenness of that horizontal trust with each other, right? That's good. So, yeah. again, the strength in the, of the vertical trust is out of this world, astronomically, like unequivocally, stronger, deeper, better, bigger on every front than we could ever hope for or understand. I will say that opportunity exists for everyone who puts their faith in yes. Christ. Yes, yes. You would hope it. It's that case, right? It, that that's the case. I mean, but that yeah. carries us through the the trials, the circumstances, the conflict, the pain, um, all oh, the man. things that we are that Jesus says you will experience this. Like just because you're in the world doesn't mean you're of the world, but it also doesn't mean you're going to have this carefree life because you believe in me, right? You'll you'll actually have more hardship probably yeah. uh, because you are followers of me. I just think I see that so clearly evident in the life of Paul, right? When he said in Ephesians, I have confidence in the Lord, a confidence. That's another word for trust. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view and that the one who's troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. Before that, he says, um, what is it here? Hold on. Oh, it's in Philippians. I'm reading, um, a cross reference here. Hold on. Uh, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. If I'm to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me yet, which, I shall choose. I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ. Like that is just laced with this. It's dripping mm-hmm. with trust. Mm-hmm. And that's, this is Paul who, um, was a skeptic among skeptics, like a, a persecutor among persecutors, mm-hmm. a Pharisee of Pharisees. And yet he, it, God saw it fit to give us him <laughs> as the one to deliver these letters, mm-hmm. these early epistles so that thousands of years later, we can be here putting our trust in the same Christ, right. in the same resurrection. Right. Um, it's just such a beautiful thing. Uh, I'm a little bit going off the rails here. So looking at the, uh, the relationship, between... I think you say that. I don't think you are. Okay. So. Well, I just want to focus on Stop marriage. That. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So marriage and trust and betrayal. Um, we're going to talk through all that in, in the coming weeks. Now, the reason why I think, um, broken trust in a marriage is so devastating is and why it's different than um, uh, it's different than other relationships. Like we were talking about over lunch, uh, how you know if you have a friendship where there's a breach of trust, it's one thing you can rebuild. The difference is if you can't rebuild, you try and and you, you fail. You can you can kind of come to new terms. Mm-hmm. You have a new contract at that point as friends. Like this is the exchange. We're gonna get this out of each other. Now, never no one would ever say it in those cold terms, but essentially that's what it boils down right. to. In a marriage, you, your covenant's still there. A right. covenant's not changed. Right. And so if we're unable to then rebuild and recover from this betrayal, uh, it's devastating. And the sense of betrayal is, is, we're not just talking about affairs, okay? So that's part of it. But the sense of betrayal, betrayal comes from you turned away, like we had an agreement, a covenant we made to each other mm-hmm. to be honest, to be forthright, to be transparent, mm-hmm. all the things that come along with biblical marriage. And you went outside of that. Mm-hmm. You went outside and, and, and saw somebody else. You went outside of that and you spent this. You went outside of that and lied to me about this. You talked about you me snuck behind this addiction. my back like yeah. un, unkindly. <laughs> and that's a really deep cut. Yeah. And so 
there's this line between, and that's why the horizontal piece is so important. If that's a vertical cut, it'll cut right down to our soul and we'll be in an existential crisis. Horizontally speaking, uh, you're not really cutting into the vein in the same way. It hurts and there's blood, but it's not going to be a fatal wound if our trust is still rooted in Christ mm. vertically. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of the, of the covenant now is we have a place to begin to see this come together. And what happens after brokenness heals? It's usually stronger. Mm-hmm. It, it's usually stronger. It's mm-hmm. usually better for it. So, yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, I guess, maybe head into the couple's conversation challenge. And I think we want to talk about um, like we said, if you have any questions and you want to send them in, please do so. Um, but I think for the sake of this conversation, we'd like you guys to sort of look at trust in your marriage. And where have you seen breakdown? Um, and I think mm-hmm. just explore that and and then think about the things that you've heard today about biblical trust. What does it require? Hmm. What does it look like? How... Is this too big of a conversation challenge? Well, I'm, I might, I'm going to give you some different kind of hooks to hang your, okay. this conversation on here. Think in terms of your own physiology, okay? Can you trust each other with your hearts? Do you trust that your spouse is going to take care of your heart? Okay. Good question. Think in terms of your ears and your mouth. Can you trust your spouse to speak kindly of you, to you, around you, and about you? Uh, think in terms of your eyes. Do you trust what your spouse is looking at, how they're mm-hmm. using their eyes? Think in terms of your hands, like do you trust? You're just like your head to toe prayer, but your right. head to toe question. Yeah, and that kind of helps me think through this. Like, <laughs> yeah. do, do you trust? Um, if you know, depending on how work. your household's, yeah, the work that you're putting your hands to is 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 providing for your family. I don't know how. Well, you and work. what it's supposed to be. It's not your identity, right? Right, yeah, right, right. And so think through those areas of trust, uh, and then you might think through maybe past parts of your lives where you maybe lacked trust for one another, and maybe think about why those that's the case. Uh, think in these terms, trust, trustworthiness. Mm. And how are those, how do those correlate? Mm-hmm. And are you both trusting of each other? Are you giving trust? And are you both trustworthy of each other? And knowing full well that there's still, it's still possible to love and say, like, I just don't trust you with this area right now. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's, yep. uh, and that's okay to say that. Now, you wouldn't want to stay there. <laughs> you would want to grow. Right. You'd want to work through that and sancti- be sanctified in that. So um, there's a lot there. Hopefully you find something that you can talk through. Um, but just know that we're going to be talking through these three things in the coming weeks. Uh, the next week we're talking through um, broken trust and betrayal. Basically, we're going to use this analogy, at least I like to use this analogy, <laughs> is I always consider broken trust like you've just had a car accident and dealing with the betrayal is the ambulance is showing up right. on the scene. right. Like there's blood everywhere. It's messy. No one knows what's going on. You're reeling from this pain. How, what do you do? Like what's the triage in that moment? How do you stop the bleeding? Um, And then the next week we're talking about repairing trust. Okay. So you've dealt with this trauma. Then how do you go? You're at the hospital now and you're actually healing. What does healing, rebuilding, repairing trust actually look like? We're going to talk through that. Um, And then finally week four, it's, it's, it's kind of a peacetime activity, right? That you've, You've broken, you've experienced broken trust, betrayal, you've repaired from the trust. Now you're more or less functional. You might have a little bit of a hobble. Mm -hmm. You might be limping a little bit for a little while, but you're pretty much walking. How do you maintain health in that? Mm -hmm. How do you maintain rhythms that 
bolster and establish and reestablish and reestablish and reestablish your trust in one another in whatever area that is. And and here's our hope throughout the series that you would recognize that we a serve a God who is absolutely trustworthy and who has given us a path through trauma like inter, interpersonal trauma, mm-hmm. interpersonal breaches of trust. And he's here's the thing is we have a God who's proven trustworthy and we have a savior who has been betrayed at the deepest darkest mm. level by his own brother his his disciple Judas betrayed him how with, with a kiss, a kiss. The, the, it, it, with an intimate kiss mm-hmm. and so that to me is like a such a beautiful picture that the one who is betrayed has proven to be the one who will never betray us mm. and we can really hang our identities and our hats on that and that is the well from which we are now able to go forward and then work through the betrayals that we experience with our lot with our relationships on this on this earth yeah, okay so good all right, all right selena you want to pray for us sure um god thank you so much for this time that we are able to dive into this idea of trust uh trustworthiness to know who we are in you um, and how that uh, leads us to interact with each other and our families I pray that you would just continue to guide us in these conversations, give us uh, hearts of humility that are willing to hear, um, and help us, God, be our strength uh, when we feel like there is none to rebuild that trust, uh, that we can trust your words, your promises, no matter the circumstances around us or the turmoil within us, God, we can trust you. Uh, In your name, amen. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast was brought to you by Selena's Special Sauce. Salty and sweet. Oh, what a treat. Go to selenaspecialsauce.com, buy five jars, get one jar free. <laughs> Limited time only. Uh, offer Did not redeemable for any real like, goods. buy that domain? <laughs> I should, though. I totally Doesn't should. But is that a good use of my ten ninety nine a year? Anyway, I don't think so. Anyway. This episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is... In the can. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again in about seven days. Until then. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.